Welcome to DTC Pod, where we take you behind the wheel with the best founders and operators of consumer brands. You'll learn the ins and outs of business from setting up shop, hitting your first million, scaling past eight figures, and even navigating an exit. As founders ourselves, our goal is to help you learn from the best as you build. Visit us at dtcpod.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, join our founder community, and find additional resources from every episode. DTC Pod is brought to you by Trend, the creative solution for your brand. Go to trend.io to access thousands of creators for content needs such as product photography, unboxing videos, or even TikTok and IG organic creative. Use the code DTCPOD10 for 10% off your next content purchase. Are you curious how much your business is worth? Get your free no-obligation offer from OpenStore at open.store. This episode of DTC Pod is also brought to you by Peel Insights, the e-commerce analytics platform that supercharges all of your retention efforts every day and with every customer. Go to peelinsights.com slash dtcpod to learn how hundreds of e-commerce brands use Peel to reveal purposeful insights like LTV, AOV, repurchase rate, churn, and hundreds of metrics more. See how brands are nurturing deeper customer relationships with easy-to-use retention tools that hyper-target and provide immediate growth. The subscription market is predicted to grow nearly $500 billion by 2025. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution, helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale their subscription offerings. Over 15,000 merchants use subscriptions powered by Recharge to grow their business and their communities by increasing average order value, reducing churn, and providing predictable recurring revenue. Turn transactions into long-term customer relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Check them out at rechargepayments.com forward slash DTCpod. What's up, DTC Pod? Today, we're joined by Julie Cartwright, who's the president at Pevolve. So Julie, I'll let you kick us off. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what Pevolve is all about? Sure. Pevolve is a, really a new to market modality. We combine functional fitness with resistance re- based equipment for resistance training. Um, and really what that like translates to is, is that we mimic the way that your body was really intended to move. Um, so we not only get what traditionally women are looking for from, from fitness, so a lifted butt, toned thighs, a really strong core, but almost like more importantly to us is, is that we help your body function optimally. So that's everything from better balance to um, you know better pelvic floor articulation, which is tied to how your lower back feels. Um, so that was that was really the mission of the company is to um, you know not take for granted how you feel in um, trying to, to to get your body to the way that you want it to look, um, and we do that in a variety of ways, which I'm so excited to talk to you about. But that was really the mission that we set out on. Um, I am Julie Cartwright. I actually am the president of the company. I have had the unbelievable pleasure of running the company for the past five years, but I actually started the company um, with the co-founders back in January 2017, sort of as a side hustle um, on the side of, I was I was working in entertainment for about 18 years um, at a company called Anchor Bay Entertainment. They were a stars company and we, we got purchased by Lionsgate. So I not only run, ran the home entertainment division um, for marketing, product development, retail, 
but I also was the general manager of our fitness division too. So um, that is really some of my background, but also uh, really what Pvolve's about. Yeah, and we're really excited to have you on today because I think there's so much to cover in terms of Pvolve being that you guys are not only approaching functional fitness from uh, at the service level, you're also approaching it from the product level and being able to do all these different collaborations and offer all different types of digital and physical services. So I think that's going to be really cool to talk about as well as, you know, your background coming from the entertainment industry, right? Like that's a whole different beast and having overseen and being able to have experience in the specifically the fitness side of entertainment and kind of like how that parlays over to what you guys are uh, building at Pvolve, I think that'll be a lot of fun to get into as well. So I guess in that vein, why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what your responsibilities were at Anchor Bay, what it was like uh, building in the, you know, brand consumer marketing space in the entertainment industry, how and how you ultimately moved over to the fitness side of things in at, at that company? Yeah, I mean, I think that what I would say is that I started in 1998. Um, you know, and really at the time, and I'm not afraid to say this, you know, the, the consumption of content at home was primarily VHS. Um, and, you know, I, I knew, um, you know, really what uh, customers were looking for and, and niche markets, to be honest. We had everything from horror movies to uh, Roseanne, the TV show, to, um, you know, comedies. And then we also had a really, really successful, we were actually a market leader in the fitness space. Um, so, you know, really trying to understand the customer and what it is that they're looking for and, and the messages that will translate to them, knowing that this movie, this TV show, this is what they're looking for, um, has always been something that I've been um, really, really interested in. Um, you know, then I saw it move to DVD and, and how quickly the, the adoption was in certain categories over others, as a matter of fact, fitness, you know, really held on to VHS a lot longer and, and what, what were the decisions, you know, that, that were being made by our, our customer base that, that really drove that. Um, and then, you know, digital, like all of that happened in the 18 years that I was in that space. But, you know, I was bringing product to market. I was um, doing messaging around different niche audiences um, and, you know, and certainly packaging content to, to make sure that it was resonating with audiences that were going to be satisfied. Um, I will tell you, though, that fitness was by far, like always the thing that got me up in the morning and got me most excited. I loved the fact that, you know, this consumer base would uh, hold on to like one workout and, you know, use it again and again, talk to their friends about it. And it really changed their lives. Um, so I always knew that I didn't want to lose the fitness side of my, of my job. Um, but it certainly was a wild ride in, in Hollywood um, for those 18 years. <laughs> yeah. And it, that's the, that's the other crazy thing is just, if you think about how fast the like evolution happened in the space from going from VHS to uh, DVD to digital streaming app and then like, you know, where it's literally all this stuff is on everyone's phones and people are working out with their phone by themselves anywhere. It's like, it's so crazy how quickly that transformation happened. But 
at a fundamental level, all those skills and um, being able to package content the right way and market it the right way, all of those are uh, transferable, right? Yeah. You know, I was really lucky to, to see all of that transformation. And I think there's two things that it really taught me. I think number one is, you know, you have to be able to change with the market. Like I wasn't going to be holding on to VHS while the entire industry was moving to DVD and then into digital and talk about a learning curve, but you have to just like stay ahead of all of that. But I think the bigger lesson that I've learned, and it's really helped me here at PVOLV too, is, is that content is king, period. Like it, everyone tried to, you know, start a streaming service, everyone, all the major studios were, were trying to get into it. And, and at the heart of it, what always wins is content. It's got to be really great, compelling content. And I, I tell you, there's a lot of similarities in what we do right now. We're a content company at the heart of it. Nothing else that we do matters as much as the content that people consume from us that actually achieve the results that, that we promise. And um, we put so much effort around that. So I think you know there's just a lot of similarities from me growing up in the home entertainment space and watching that um, because content is king, period. You can't fake it. Yeah, and and I think also having that lens and the way you approach things, it's, it's really interesting to hear because if you were on the outside looking in and you don't understand like the lifeblood and the heart uh, beat of a company, whereas when you're telling me like content is our North Star, that that gives us a lot of perspective into how you're thinking about building the business, you're saying, okay, if we're content first, we make great content, we package it the right way, we sell it the right way, all of a sudden, all these other opportunities are going to open up like products, collaborations, um, you know, supplement, what, whatever it is, all of these open up, but your North Star is content where other people might say, we're, a, we're, you know, a fitness first brand and our North Star is product or we're a fitness brand and our North Star is, um, you know, fitness equipment or in-person classes, like there's so many different ways to do it. So just understanding where you guys fit within that spectrum is like very helpful to understand where where you guys can grow and how you guys think about growth. Yeah, and, and for us, I think content, you know, we obviously have in-person studios. We have three owned and operated studios and then we have a franchising model um, that I can kind of talk a little bit about. We, we, we had that model prior to COVID um, and now it is the model that I think, you know, boutique fitness has to have um, is this option for her to work out however she can that particular day, move her body, whether it's four feet of snow outside, so you just wanna fit it in downstairs, or if you really need that accountability to go you know, in studio, but like content is the same in person as it is you know, what we capture digitally, and we also have live classes, and having sort of that consistency over the 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 level at which we deliver that is so critically important um, in in building this brand. So um, I could you know I I'm really proud of that that hybrid model and we're lucky because we were digitally we we were digitally native and it was like when I went to the you know the the founder and and the investor and said you know what we absolutely have to have in person studios like with this like you can't just have a digital community uh, for a brand new modality, you you have to be able to have in-person studios too. You know, obviously Rachel, who's our co-founder, completely believed in that, but it, it took a while for our investor to really get on board with that because it obviously looks different on paper. And now we're so thrilled that we did that. I mean, 
in COVID and post-COVID, all studios are thinking about that. And the ones that were digitally brick and mortar are going to have a much more difficult time. Um, no, totally. And, and, and that's something I definitely want to go into is why don't we go back to a little bit about the founding story? I know you mentioned it was started because it's kind of a side project. And now you guys have studios, you have digital, you have in-person, you have products, you have, you have all these different things all around the concept of functional fitness. But why don't, why don't you take us a little bit further back to more like founding company origins, how you got involved, and then like, what were the first moves because now you have all these different product lines and but like what was the first way and your first wedge into the market sure no it's it's such a such an amazing story to be perfectly honest um first it starts with our co-founder rachel katzman she was 23 years old she comes from an incredibly entrepreneurial family an incredibly successful entrepreneurial family where they literally would sit around the kitchen table when when her and her two brothers were teenagers and think about the companies that they were going to start. Their, their dad was very um, successful as an entrepreneur and they wanted to follow in his footsteps. So, um, you know, first and foremost, she had that sort of mindset, but she was 23 in New York City, not feeling good in her body. Um, she wasn't looking the way that she wanted to look and she was working her heart out, um, you know, at, at various gyms and really putting in the time. But but not only not getting the results that she was looking for physically, but then she was waking up the next day in pain and feeling depleted. She started to work with um, a trainer named Steven Pastorino, and he sort of introduced the idea of functional movement um, to her. And she started to work out. She got the physical results that she wanted, but more importantly, she felt better in her body than she's ever felt. And she had later got diagnosed with scoliosis. Um, she learned to like really understand the functions of her body. And she was like, oh God, this is what I need to do. 23 years old, you know, again. Um, and she's just like, but I want, I, I want more. I want more than just functional movement. She started to explore like, how can I involve, you know, some maybe proprietary patented um, designs around resistance equipment that could amplify some of the results that I was getting. And she started to just talk to people in the industry about getting a prototype around what is now called the P-Ball, which is a, an essential resistance uh, patented piece of equipment that we sell that really like our, our members love, but also I can talk a little bit about the clinical nature of it too. Um, and so, you know, she found somebody that was gonna put together a prototype in her network and she's like, okay, but now I need someone to run this. I'm 23, I've never run a business before. And she found out about me, the, the fitness industry is a small industry, and she found out about me and, and kind of tried to get in touch with me for about six to eight months. I was super happy where I was. I was like, oh, no, thank you, but you know, no, no thank you. And she beat me down. She just would not take no for an answer. I decided to, to take a meeting with her in January of 2017, um, coming off of a you know, red eye from uh, LA. And, I met her and her, just her story, that story that I just told you, for me, being in the fitness industry, I was 40 at the time. Um, my husband had just had a shoulder replacement. I had bad knees. You know, we had always taken care of ourselves. So we thought, and then we were living the best years of our lives, you know, as new parents. And 
and really kind of putting additional stock into sort of how we feel every day. We wanted to be able to golf. We wanted to be able to retire and still move our bodies. And so I looked across the table at her that day and I was like, oh, shoot. I, like, I, I didn't say that. I said, oh, shit. But, you know, like, I, I can't say no to this. Like, I, I'm obviously not going to leave, leave my job for this, but I will absolutely help you. And this this is needed in the market. So um, that was really the beginning. We We officially launched the company. So we built a streaming service in uh, this this was on the side we built a streaming service very very um with these these great partners that nobody's ever heard of called platform purple like we just we had to do everything down and dirty we didn't have any money um you know rachel was uh, filming all of the videos and editing them herself and then we had this one proprietary like p-ball that we put together an e-commerce site through shopify and launched, got, got a PR, an independent PR person to get us some, um, you know, PR, um, you know, around launch. And we launched on November 8th of 2017. And that day, it was like ping, 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 ping. Like all of a sudden, we had just generated enough like groundswell that there actually was demand. Um, and, you know, like let's say we sold 100 units, but that was, that was really big. Uh, you know, at the time, we're just like, wait, we really have something here. And we decided to, I decided to leave my job in December. And we we officially started the company on January 1st of 2018. Um, so, I, so I guess like where we started was, you know, we definitely wanted to deliver content globally. Um, you know, we wanted more access to this unbelievable method. Um, and then an e-commerce site and a really smart um, you know, product uh, that went with the method. And there we go. That, that was it. And we've evolved so much since then. But yeah, it's super helpful to just, you know, have that understanding of like where the company is when it starts and then how it evolves. So basically, you guys had uh, a wedge in terms of the product that you would come up with that was something that the market hadn't seen. You combine that with content, which is something that people weren't really doing in the same way at the time. And through those things, you were able to kind of lean into the whole functional fitness movement and create. And now you've obviously since expanded into all these other things, but it's always really interesting to see. It's like, okay, where did this start? And then how did it evolve? And like, what was the process along that way? The other thing that I think is really important that you mentioned was in terms of how you got involved in finding alignment with your personal interests and the things that you cared about, right? And I think a lot of times, like as you're building throughout your career, maybe in the beginning, you're just building things because, you know, that's what your career was to date. That's where you can make a good salary. But as you kind of get older and you more mature, you want to find projects and be picky with your time to the point that you're working things that really align with you in terms of your identity, what you actually care about and things that make you happy. So I think the fact that you found that in a really natural way is is really important. And it wasn't just like, oh, there was this really great opportunity that's totally random, but I took into it. You actually did the diligence and were like, this aligns with where I'm at in my um, where I'm at in my life right now, my career, and it makes it that much easier to take that leap, right? Yeah, Blaine. I mean, I'm so glad that you that, that you noticed that. It's, it's funny because I often say, you know, our greatest strength, we've got about 70 people working for us right now. Um, you know, we've obviously evolved a lot since January 1st of 2018. And the number one thing I would tell you about, about me, our team, our success in selling 15 franchises already, um, you know, getting a full, we, we have four doctors that sit on our board, like 
Harvard, Princeton, uh, NYU, um, you know, having these massive partnerships with, you know, really big um, companies is really about this passion. It, it, it Nobody can deny that we believe in what we're doing. And I think that's underestimated. I really do, because I'll tell you, I didn't do this for the paycheck. I left paycheck to do this, you know, like that was not what was my motivating factor. My husband might've thought I was crazy, but like I knew that this, was something that was going to be powerful. I was going to be better, you know, by, by doing something that I just loved that was going to challenge me, but it was going to change people's lives. And I don't say that lightly. And I, I tell you, it is like the secret ingredient of, of why our company has like grown to such a successful level because everybody is like me at the company. We all believe in what we're doing. Um, so, and you know, we, we actually bring on a, a member every single Wednesday for the entire company to like hear from. And it's like, we're sometimes in tears. We are like, that is the favorite part of, of our week. Um, you know, it's just like really listening to the member because um, this is why we're here. I, don't well, I love that too, in terms of ways of staying close to that, like end experience. A lot of times as a company scales, you can start to like lose touch with the customer. So the fact that you guys, you know, five years in at the scale you're at are still like treating it with that much respect, I think is important. And it also ties back into the fulfillment that you guys get out of it and why you're here, what your mission is and what you guys are doing. So I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, and then, I, yeah, go I, I for it. One thing that I would say there, Blaine, because you, you were asking about the evolution and it really was through talking to the to the members. So we started with the P-Ball and the streaming service. Great. But I think in, in that moment, we were like a little bit more focused on the physical results that, that we were able to get, um, you know, our members. And really, it, it that's not what was profound. That was not what was keeping them. Every single member that we talked to has somewhat of a similar story in that like something had failed them, like some some part of traditional fitness had failed them. They, they had injuries, they weren't feeling great. And that this has really made them, you know, feel better in their bodies. And that was really the decision to get into clinical studies. We're in four, um, you know, and we that's that that was really the decision to bring on doctors to to really transform our content to not only deliver that strength and sculpt what what you want when you come in, but also all of this other content that can have like a profound effect on how you feel. Um, I think that was really the, the, the real start of the company at the end of 2018, listening to our members. Wow. Um, and that's something that I definitely want to get into because I think so many people in like the commerce fitness, they'll like kind of dress something up with a bunch of nice, pretty marketing and maybe not, you know, maybe they'll have a scientist come on and give you a nice quote or something, but aren't really like diving into it. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about what that process was like with the doctors you brought on board, how you guys started, what you were looking to achieve and how you even got these trials set up and what you're looking to prove by, you know, running the trials. Yeah. So the first two, I'll tell you, it was just uh, dreamlike. Um, first of all, our first um, clinical board member, her name is Dr. Amy Hoover. She was a um, doctor of physical therapy that is is a specialist in pelvic floor health and pelvic floor health has so much connection to your body mechanics everything from how your lower back feels to also how your body actually functions um and so she had heard about us you know just through her through some of her patients she was former cleveland clinic and then she was out on her own 
And I knew her, I knew her for like decades. And she's like, Julie, what are you doing? You know, like, what are you doing? Because my patients actually need this. So, so that was like very, very organic. And I'm like, okay, come and start to work with our trainers. First of all, you have a physical therapy background. So I want to make sure that our trainers are always having a ton of efficacy around the way in which we're moving our body. Um, but, but further to that, you know, there's so much that we can learn about pelvic floor and, and our ability to articulate our pelvic floor to make us, our bodies function more optimally. So she was the first person to really join our board. And, you know, we have a lot of really progressive, um, content on our platform just around, you know, the different functions of pelvic floor that our members absolutely love. Um, I think that, you know, in addition to that, we then signed on a doctor of physical therapy, I mean, a, a doctor of um, physiology, which totally makes sense in a functional fitness method. He's also uh, a lead researcher, too. So he was eventually going to lead our clinical trials. We brought on an OBGYN and then we just brought on a doctor, Dr. DeVore, who is a fertility specialist from NYU. Um, and again, all under the belief that through functional movement, through educating someone about the way to properly move your body, you could have profound impact on the way that you feel and the way that you function. So this was um, doctors that really wanted to get involved. The, the doctors are so involved. I mean, Dr. Amy is involved in basically like all of our content with, with our trainers. I'll tell you, she's like their most important person. They're running concepts by her new uh, programming. Even when we do a large scale partnership with like Electra Health or Fertility, um, like a fertility clinic, we are always like checking in with her about the efficacy of our movement. So that's the doctor board, which is like so, so proud of. But the clinical studies, we actually won a grant at the University of, of Minnesota. They had heard a little bit about some of the things that we were doing, the functional movement. And um, a lead researcher there reached out to us, said that they were going to start a lower back pain um clinical study that was going to be, you know, 24 months and that we had won a grant, um, that we were able to be a part of it. These patients were getting MRIs on a weekly basis and they were training with PVOLVE. And um, that one just ended last year. And that was like clinically proven that PVOLVE helps to significantly reduce lower back pain, which just sort of like started us on this path of we've got to build this with a ton of efficacy. We're saying stuff that women have not heard before that their fitness routine can get them. So let's put some proof behind it. Um, and so we're in a healthy aging study over at the University of Exeter, which is like one of the top uh, sports and exercise um, research universities in the world. Um, and, you know, and we just got the initial preliminary results on that about how we're really building strength in women that are starting to age through a perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause. And it's like, it's actually like shocking the researchers and that will all be published next year. So um, there's, there's a couple of other ones too, but I could go on and on, but like, this is what we're built on. This is like the foundation. It would have been easier just to say it, but we're, we, we wanted to be able to prove it. Um, so that's- Oh, a hundred percent. And, and I think that part is, is so important in terms of being able to like really prove it and thinking about different exciting and innovative ways to, 
to get to that, those points of proof. Like, you know, I haven't heard many brands that are actually partnering up with like a leading university and researcher and running the clinical trials to prove this. I think some of those concepts that you're tapping into, not only on the functional side, I can personally relate to the back stuff. Like I've blown a disc in my back and I've had to do the whole rehab stuff. And that's, and I know that there's all sorts of random research about there out there, but like nothing's like really conclusive. Nothing, everyone has a different idea about things. So the fact that you're really looking at proving out the method in the clinical trials, I think is amazing. And then also looking at um, aging, right? Longevity and being able to age in a healthy way. Uh, anecdotally, like my dad, he's, he's older, he was a doctor, but like he's lived a very healthy lifestyle. And now in his eighties, he's like the fittest guy ever. Cause he like swims and he's active and he's always eating healthy. But like there wasn't, if you looked at the literature 20 years ago, it, there wasn't the, there weren't clinical trials or what wasn't, none of this stuff was like really proved out. Now I think we're starting to see, um, the, the, like with the work that you guys are doing and other companies and other researchers starting to be able to confirm this stuff, but there's so many different, really interesting areas that are being researched. And I think by being able to prove it out, it really helps the masses be able to adopt it. And that's where it becomes really impactful because now you're not just impacting one wacky biohacker or something you're impacting, you know, all like a large, large swath of people who are all all going through that aging and that health journey together. Yeah, you, you know, but it's it, it's also been it's, it's our greatest strength and it's also our greatest challenge. I will tell you that um, it's not easy just to get somebody that's hearing one little snippet about who we are through paid channels, you know, to come in and convert and to understand. I mean, we're really building a brand new modality. And so like, we're so proud of it. We're doing it all the right ways, but like it takes a combination of storytelling and a really, really multi-channel approach. And it, and it takes longer, you know, it, it really does. It's not something that people have, you know, heard of time and time again, we're just putting a different spin on what, what it is that they like, know. you know, it's, it's like, we're trying to educate on a new way of moving your body. Um, and, and that is challenging. I will tell you, um, there's a much probably quicker way to do it, but we're wanting to do it right for like long-term sustainability and to really, um, like build trust in our member base. Uh, so I, I just, I just will tell you that. Oh, absolutely. And, and the, these are the next topics that I wanted to get into because I think it ties back to that, right? If you're creating a new product or something that really hasn't existed before, in your case, like a whole fitness sort of regimen and philosophy, et cetera, about the functional fitness, it's not like you're saying, it's not the same as just taking something that everyone knows, putting a twist on it and branding it that way, right? So as you're taking that sort of product to market, clearly um, some of the ways that you guys have probably been able to do it is through great content and great being able to educate through content. And that happens physically as well as digitally, right? So why don't you tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, once you knew, once you started getting the research into this, once you started to know that this was the type of content that you wanted to build routines and education and material around, what were the next steps, right? Like, was it, um, you know, when did you decide you wanted to open your first studio? What was that like? What were the impacts of that on the, the physical community where now it's not just someone saying, oh, I saw this great workout content. You should totally check it out to, oh, I went with three friends to this class and we all had a great time and being able to amplify growth, at least in a, 
localized sense that way. So how what it, how did how did that go in the in the early days? Yeah, so it was it was fairly early on. Um, we you know we decided to have a couple of owned and operated studios in our top markets: um, New York, LA, um, and then Chicago. Too. So we have three owned and operated studios. We we actually started to open them in 2019 and two of them opened like during the heart of 2020 during the pandemic. Um, we wanted to do that because we always knew we wanted to franchise. The reason we wanted to franchise was because we wanted to 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 scale the, the business, but more importantly, we wanted owner and operators. We believed that the passion that we possessed um, was going to be so critically important to have at each of these brick and mortars instead of just, you know, hiring a studio manager that you hope that your passion is going to, um, like, translate to them. So, you know, we, and building a franchise model is not easy. It, it took, it took, like, at least 18 to 24 months. You've got to go through a lot to get a franchising model down. Um, we were hiring, we were doing a lot of the, the legal paperwork, we were getting the rights to franchise, we were putting together all of the operations, but we were also learning in our own owned and operated studios, which was like critically important. New York sort of like took off, New York's where we started. Um, it's a beautiful location that 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 thrives. It's so, so great, but we opened um, West Hollywood and, Chicago in the West Loop during the pandemic. And so again, we just had to be incredibly like adaptable. We had to like really learn, um, cater to our member base in a massive way. But I'll tell you that not only do we have a number of hybrid members, members that are working out with us on a um, like digitally once or twice a week, but then also coming into the studio three, um, you know, to four times a week too, which is great because it just deepens the frequency in which she's moving with us. Um, but we've also sold 15 franchises, uh, you know, too, and primarily to members because, again, this is so transformative, um, you know, in a member's life that even though we started to sell this during COVID and, you know, that was a scary time for brick and mortar like owners, there was a great deal of trust in us that we were gonna stand behind our product, that we were gonna be partners, that because of our hybrid model, they were gonna have sort of a safety net of this digital aspect for their member base. So um, that's sort of how we started. I can't remember the other part of your, of no, your question. No, 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 that's, but, that's, really, um, it, that's, that's really interesting. Really, it, was, it was from the very, very beginning. So Julie, that's awesome. I really want to keep talking about the franchising stuff. I don't think that's something we, we cover all the time on D2C pod, but I think it's an amazing way to think about not only scaling your brand up, but also being able to, you know, tap into your existing community and the people who are really liking what you're already building. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, what it takes to actually launch a franchise do you do you start by saying we've built out our own studios we've had two or three and now we're ready to franchise it and here's what we give to people who want to open up a shop with us um yeah just provide a little bit more color on like what it actually takes to uh if you're deciding to leverage franchising as a way to scale like how does that whole process work yeah so part of the reason you know that we really firmly believe in in franchising is is all the things that i said but also we believe that digital and brick and mortar together is going to amplify this brand new to market modality, right? Like it, it, the, the markets that we're in with our studios are by far, without a doubt, like our top, top D2C 
you know, uh, markets too. It helps that they're like some of the top DMAs, but they are every single day. Those, those are our top. And so we knew that they would work together really well, even though it was going to take some time to get them in market. We plan to have 200 open by the end of 2025. Um, and again, you sort of have to start like this. You, you, you have to start sort of slow in franchising because once you're able to make those first seven to 10 locations successful, they become, you know, sort of this, um, this credibility in order to then scale. Like these guys got it down. So we took the same approach as it related to our own owned and operated. Some franchising concepts don't have their own um, concepts first. They just start off with franchising. We firmly believe that we needed to show our franchise partners that we knew what we were doing. We also wanted an incubation lab to try things, right? And this is an evolving marketplace. And so we wanted to, to be able to say, you know what, we tried that really not so smart idea in our, in our owned and operated, and here's how we optimized it. So this is what you should do. So that was like exactly the 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 plan, and it's and it's and it's the right one, and it really builds trust with future franchisee partners. Um, it takes a lot to to launch franchising if you're going to do it right, and we really firmly believe. I mean, this is our brand. This is our brand that we've been building, investing a ton in, have efficacy behind. All of a sudden, a franchisee opens up, and you have not supported them, and somehow that is like that's not only damaging to our integrity but it's also damaging to our brand and we're like unwilling to have that happen um so you know putting together really strong processes uh, testing them out in our owned and operated and then really doing a very 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 thorough vetting process of people that we award franchises to i mean there's a lot of people that want to own a franchise that probably have the money but don't necessarily have the the business credibility, the time, uh, the passion, you know, to really be some of our initial franchisee partners, it takes a lot. So, you know, getting to that discovery day, which is what we call like really the day of awarding, um, you know, sometimes takes six, eight months of kind of going back and forth and, you know, making sure that, that they're the right partner for us and that we're the right partner for them. Um, it's, I will tell you, it's like one of the most exciting parts of my job, hands down, because again, this passion just really translates. I talk to our franchisee partners, like some of them I talk to weekly, but I certainly am on speed dial for all of them because they took a risk on us and I'm going to show them that we're committed to them. Um, actually our first franchise opens in December. Um, so we've sold about 15, but the first one opens in December and all of it Blaine, it's, it's a very controlled, if you do it right, it is a very controlled like plan. You know, we're gonna make sure that we're helping you find your real estate, that we are hooking you up with um, like everything that you need to build a successful PVOL business. We're there with you every step of the way. Training and development of your trainers, training and development of your studio staff, like, um, you know, marketing, uh, pre-sales, like all of it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really exciting. It, it's really cool as a, as a way to find scale, but obviously before that you need that process in place. You need that trust in place. You can't just have any random person say, Oh, I, I'd like one of these franchises because they're, they're really representing your brand. Not only that, they're like tying their, they're really hitching their wagon to yours. Right? So you need real alignment in terms of, does this make sense as a partnership? And then what you're able to provide to them is 
a great brand with all these different product lines that they can um, be able to tap into their own community, as well as the digital nature of the platform. You already have that infrastructure built out. You have the coursing. They're able to carry th that brand through the community. And then what they're able to get is they have with all that, they can go and sell into a whole new uh, pocket of new customers that you wouldn't be able to have the time to like build out your own operations for. So it really becomes a win-win when you when you find the right partners to run the franchises. Question I would have um, just for listeners and, and just for setting context is like, what is the uh, general agreement for like these franchise franchises look like? Like what do, you know, if someone wants to open a franchise with Pevolve, what is the process? What what is the upfront cost? Uh, does it vary by region? Like, how does the whole process work if someone want, were to open a franchise with you guys? Yeah, I mean, first of all, if, if anybody is interested, they can go to our website and it's all mapped out there if you click on the franchise tab. You know, but but really to, to open up a, a PVOL franchise, like it's going to take about $400,000 at minimum to, to, to get it up and running. Um, that's not something that you're paying us. That's something that, that you're investing in your own business it, it can also go all the way up to six hundred and fifty thousand dollars depending on you know where you're opening our first location is actually opening in san diego um and so as you can imagine the real estate's different there than it is in ohio um but i think what's what's really really helpful is is that we we are a multifaceted omni-channel like we do have a very very strong corporate support system we're not just a brick and mortar company like we we have so much support there because and we also have built-in audiences that are waiting for um, you know a physical studio to come to their market as a matter of fact our first founding members in san diego i think i think almost 90 percent of them are digital members um, so those members are, you know, are already invested in the, in the, you know, method. And so they've just been sort of like waiting for their area location to open up. Um, but you know, it, it takes a certain amount of, um, you have to have a certain amount of investment, uh, you know, capabilities, um, and there's a couple of other things that you've got to check the box on, but you know, usually it just starts with putting your name in through our online form and then having our head of sales reach out to you and start the process. It's very nurturing and incredibly supportive. No, that's amazing. And then one of the other things that I want to talk about is, uh, so is the, as you guys continue to grow the business, right? We already said you started with the, the studios and the content, then you started to bring in the franchises, and then you started to open up more product lines, right? So what were some more of the product lines that you started to introduce? Um, how were they received? And then you and then you moved beyond just like fitness products. I know you guys have some, you know, like a recovery supplement and like in the nutrition side of things. So like how, like where do they, where did these products come along in, in terms of the, the business journey? How did, how did they go? How, how'd you develop them? How were they introduced? That sort of thing. Yeah, so we're incredibly ambitious. Um, that is for sure. And sometimes that is viewed from, from the company as like, could we focus please? You know, because it's like, we just know we can do all these things. So we certainly have had to learn some lessons. Um, I think the, the, the thing that we really gravitated to the most very early on was additional resistance-based equipment. And we wanted to really develop proprietary, patented 
um, equipment because we really, you know, I mean, like to a certain degree, we are running a business. We were trying to have this mode of distinction. We wanted to make sure that we weren't just this replicatable, um, you know, method that just like anyone could do. We we were building this and we were building this for for the long term. So the the next couple of products were really. Um, resistance-based equipment, it's, we, we got really clever with the name. So it was the P-Ball, then it was the P-Band, then it was the P-3. Those are our three patented pieces of equipment. Um, and then we came out with a couple of other products that aren't patented, but certainly accelerate the results of this method. Um, everything from the slant board to um, you know foam rollers, to massage balls, to this amazing precision mat, which helps you to kind of like learn our very distinct movements at home. So you know that again was just like, listening to the members, but also I will tell you it was about us being the customer too. Um, we all are very active with this with this method. We're doing it two, three, seven times a week. Um, and so like we knew that like, okay, the P-ball was really like an all over total body, but but like, you know, as women, we're starting to really like, this is a very tough area. Sorry, I'm pointing to my underarm. Um, you know, like a really tough area and there's really nothing out there that um, is, is targeting it. That, that was, you know, how we really developed the, the P-band. We have a head of product development that works very closely with our trainers and Rachel, her name's Stephanie Weineman, and she is just, she's a pro in the space and a super fan. So she just um, is always coming up with the next concept of like, let's, let's think about that. And then we work with, you know, engineers, product developers, all sorts of things, just to make sure that there is a ton of function and efficacy behind the product. We actually have a pipeline of product that we could come out with, but we sort of slowed ourselves down because we have such great product that we want to make sure that, you know, we're not just um, releasing too premature. I'll tell you though, nutrition has always been something that we um, knew that like you really can't get all of the physical results that, that you want on um, movement alone, that it does take a certain discipline, you know, around what it is that you're putting into your body. And um, our one of our CAB members, our clinical advisory board members, Dr. Nima, he is a, a leading researcher, you know, former Harvard and he helped us over the course of 18 or 24 months develop a recovery supplement. So again, it's very, very specific to our method and it's, it, it really helps you to recover quicker from daily movement so that you, you can move without pain each day. It also is in a clinical study. It also is in the middle of being patented. It is a first to market um, ingredient mix. Um, it's all like nine amino acids that um, that really help to build like lean muscle, but also help your body to like truly recover. Um, so that was our first product that we launched earlier this year. And you know, not a lot of people have heard us talk about it a lot because again, we were like, it's so awesome, but, but we also want to really focus on the method and, you know, the initial pieces of equipment that you need to sort of believe. And then, you know, that's when you really want to start to, you know, take our recovery drink and, um, so forth and so on. So we were just trying to have additional focus. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think what makes a ton of sense there is that you start with the method and then you start introduct you start introducing a couple products and then 
as you introduce more movement, as you move, introduce different exercises, and it makes sense to develop these products for every part of that customer journey, you can do it with intention. And it's not like you're just creating random fitness project products willy-nilly. They all have intention. They all tie back to the same purpose, which I think is really important as you develop. And then from what gets exciting as you look to gr the growth of the brand is you have all these different opportunities where you'll, you have customer data about what products they're purchasing, what they haven't purchased yet, what routines they're on, what workouts they've done. And you can kind of start matching those together in a life cycle sense to be able to start crafting different buyer journeys, different customer personas. Is this someone who visits us in the studio? Is this someone who shops with us online? They do our streaming courses, here's what they have. And you can really help them fill out the product suite so they're really getting what they want. So I think when it just goes to show that when you're thinking about building a business thoughtfully that way, all of those pieces kind of fall into place as opposed to just forcing it and being like, oh, let's randomly create this product and that product. and whatever we want, right? Yeah, no, definitely. We've always been a data first company. We're, we were actually pretty lucky because we had some like enterprise tools very, very early on, Looker from a BI tool perspective, a really sophisticated data warehouse. You know, Then we moved to Braze as our CRM tool because we did want really sophisticated segmentation. We are running a, an app and uh, you know and um, a desktop you know streaming service, so we really needed to to really understand engagement metrics. Um, and again, exactly to your point, um, it's not a one size fits all. It, it it isn't. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you come into our method, and there's a lot of different things that she's looking for. You know, I I might be looking to tone where somebody else might be looking to to lose weight, and it's and it's really about sophisticated onboarding and getting you to the content that's going to like make you believe and then build trust, um, you know, from there. So yeah, I mean, data has always been, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you it's data and intuition. You know, it really is. It can't just, decisions can't just be made on data alone. You have to be critically thinking about the overall business and the state of the world, um, to be honest. But yeah, we've always been super progressive in terms of our data and, you know, the segmentation and, and the customer journey like mapping that we do um, to make sure that we are, you know, satisfying our member. Yeah, and, and exactly. Data is not going to tell you how to build out your, you know, your method and then which products to build on top of that. And then, right. oh, we want to supplement like data is not going to be able to tell you that. But once you've set it up and once you have the vision and everything makes sense under the umbrella, it can really guide you in terms of the next iterations and where to go. So um, anyway, as we come up on time here, Julie, um, First, just wanted to thank you for coming on. Second, wanted to check, are there any, like what are the big initiatives that you guys are going after this, uh, the rest of you know this year? I know we're almost up at the end of the year for 2022, but 2023, what are the core initiatives that you guys are looking forward to in the new year? Yeah, I mean, so franchising is a massive, uh, you know, I mean, like we're, we're gonna look to scale that year on year at all compounds. Uh, we're focusing a lot on the openings We'll have about five opening, you know, before the end of April, which is huge. It, that's, that's huge. And really making sure that those initial locations are incredibly successful. Um, we're continuing to do a lot of clinical, um, you know, clinical study work. Um, and then, you know, I one thing I did not mention when when we talk about like product development, you know, I talked a little bit about equipment and, and R9, but but the thing is, is that it's about content, too. Um, and our content is not made overnight. You know, we're coming out with um, some first to market content. I, we just released, and it's so ironic because Rachel is also, she's, she's currently going through egg freezing. 
um, right now and I went through IVF for both of my children and um, we sort of identified that there is, is no movement solution for women that are going through this, you know, and there's a lot going on in a woman when she's going through um, like infertility or, you know, all the things that go along with like egg freezing. And so we developed content with, um, you know, top, uh, our, our top doctor that's a fertility doctor. That took like eight months, you know, I mean, it takes eight months to come out with that, to, to develop it with doctors, to make sure that it is safe. Um, and we just released that. We released uh, menopause prior to that with our partners over at Electric he uh, Electra Health. Um, gosh, we have phase and function, which is like all about the, the menstrual cycle and the four phases of men's, like menstruation, um, you know, pelvic floor and everything you've got to do there. So that is a massive part of who we are. It may not be the reason, Blaine, that you originally come in. And it certainly isn't something that we're trying to inundate everybody with knowing, but it is like again, when you talk about the mode of distinction and the way that people need to think about fitness differently in their, in their life, um, that's a massive part of our, of our like product development. So, um, we continue to really want to like break taboos there and, you know, have conversations that, um, women need to hear. Um, so that's a, another big thing, but we're, we have a lot that we're trying to do. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm proud of the movement that we were making. No, it, it's amazing. And I think there's so many, like, like we said about the whole functional space of all the things that you're tapping into for women. It's, it, it's so cool to be able to d develop and make all these different breakthroughs as well as, you know, run a crazy business at the same time and open up all these different franchises and scale products and do all the other things that are required in scaling a massive consumer business like this. So anyway, um, just wanted to thank you for coming on and sharing all these insights. I think we learned a ton today. And um, for any of our listeners, how can they connect with you? Are you on Twitter, LinkedIn? Is there any email? Is there any easy way to get in touch? Yeah, I mean, certainly I would love for anybody to get in touch at juliapevolve.com. But we also, Rachel is... Um, I believe she's like I can't believe I don't know this. I'm underscore on Instagram. I'm underscore Julie Cartwright, and um, and Rachel Katzman is is I believe Rachel Katzman. I can't believe I don't know that. I'm so sorry. I mean I just know her by Rachel Katzman, and I I just go straight to her Instagram. Um, yeah. So and and you can we we love to hear, and then we obviously are at Pevolve um, on Instagram too. And please DM us. We respond to every single person that that outreaches to us awesome well thanks so much julie uh it was great having you on the show and we look forward to see pvolve continue to grow thank you so much for your support thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed this episode of dtc pod if you enjoyed the show we'd love your support a rating and a review would go a long way as we continue to host the best builders in dtc and beyond Follow and subscribe to the show and make sure to check out our show notes where you can find our socials and weekly newsletter. Visit us on dtcpod.com to join our founder community and access resources from every episode. We'll see you on the next pod.